Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. And since it is Tuesday, it is Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. Yay! Happy eighth day of our new year, 2013. We're so excited about today's show. And as you know, we are continuing our study on renewing the mind. So we know since it is the eighth day, sometimes our momentum will wane a little. So we're going to make sure that today's show, that our show today will help and continue the momentum and inspire you and motivate you to complete the renewing of your mind so that you can enjoy uh, a bigger and brighter and better year in 2013 if you do the work and you believe. So, you know, we have Michael Farmer here, and he is so amazing. Let me just share some of his bio for those who may be tuning in for the first time. We thank you, and thank you for our um, listeners who listen every week here at Loretta McNary Live. Michael Farmer serves as founder and CEO of Discipleship International Incorporated, a teaching and resource ministry with an emphasis on fulfilling Christ's commission to make disciples of all nations and perfecting saints in the body of Christ. He concurrently leads as founder and managing member of the Glory Corporation, LLC, a full-service apparel and advertising company that provides uniforms, T-shirts, and advertising specialty items to a wide wide client base across multiple industries. Michael worships as a faithful member of the Breath of Life Christian Center, where he facilitates the new member's orientation class. He holds a 10-year as teacher and facilitator in several institutes and worked, worked as dean of ministry for the Developmental Institute for three years. Originally from Oxford, Mississippi, Michael is an honors graduate from Fairleigh High School, Memphis, Tennessee. He studied computer systems and accounting at the University of Memphis and Southwest Tennessee Community College. Accepting his call to ministry in 1995, Michael began his ministerial training at Breath of Life Ministry Developmental Institute and Pastor Teacher Training Institute. He graduated both programs as valedictorian and licensed in 2006. As a former tax examiner, supervisor, and budget analyst with the Internal Revenue Service, Michael extends his ministry through teaching the application of accounting, finance, and numerical principle. He has instructed and facilitated several classes and workshops on debt reduction, financial literacy, and biblical economics. Michael resides in Memphis, Tennessee with his lovely wife, Priscilla. He is blessed with five daughters and two grandchildren. Everybody, welcome our Bible scholar and teacher and trainer and empowerment person extraordinaire, <laughs> Michael Farmer. <laughs> hey, Michael. And the list, hey, how's it going? And the list goes on and on, huh? <laughs> and on and on and on. <laughs> so now they can understand why we had to choose you as the co-host on Tuesdays for this, um, our spiritual, personal coaching and development um, to help everybody to live, as they say, their best life now. All right, so we got all that out of the way, all your credentials and everything, and (laughs) we'll also let them know how they can find you um, as the show progresses on, you know, your email, your website, and Facebook, and Twitter, and all that good stuff. So, okay. okay, let's get started, Michael. How's it been going? How was your New Year's? 
Oh, my. It was wonderful. Off to a great start. Did some things differently already because I want a different year than ever before. So I figured it's got to start with my thought process and also the way I spend my time. So um, here we are. (laughs) Well, today we're going to get into the meat of. We've laid the foundation for the past couple of weeks. And then, of course, last week we just kind of had a a smorgasbord of just different topics, which was really inspiring. I really enjoyed that that, uh, process. But it's time to get back to the business at hand. And that is the renewing of your mind, the simple, just layman terms, the renovating of your mind. And it is my uh, desire to everyone, not this year, this year try something different. Don't make a New Year's resolution, but make a New Year's renovation. Find you some Ooh. something in your life that needs to be changed, and make sure you renovate it. Because uh, there is nothing like seeing something change right before your eyes. It's one of the greatest motivators uh, out there. So that's why I encourage everyone to do. Uh, also, last week, you know, we encouraged everyone to make a list of everything that they wanted to see changed in this year. And I told y'all. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was going to tell you what to do with that list once you got it. Well, I actually did mine, and wow, it was it was really a wake up call for me because I I wow. actually got up I actually got up two thirty in the morning and did my list. I couldn't sleep, and it was just really weighing on me heavily. So I got up and I think I have a list of nine items. I'm just going to make it a complete list of ten items, and they deal with just about every facet of life, from business to ministry to my physical body to um, administrative things to customer service. It was just as things were coming to me that I want to see improved or or not just improved but just changed completely, Uh then I listed those things, and I'm already on the way to uh, getting it done. And and one of them definitely wants to make sure that we get the book going this year. So that's on the list. All right. And that that process actually starts on today. So I'm excited. And just looking forward and to great things. And I just want to add, too, because um, I, I did my list, too, and and when you talk about remodeling and renovating um and then how those things cause not only improvement but definitely enhancement because you may say, well, I already like the way my kitchen looks. I already like, and this is just an analogy, I already like the way my kitchen looks in my, my bedroom and my living room, so I really don't want to, you know, do any changes to it to make it improve, but maybe not improve it, but you can do certain little things to something that's already nice and enhance it or change right. it around make to it give fresh. you fresh energy. So some people may say, well, my life is fine. I, I like where I am in health, in my health. I like where I am in my fitness. I like where I am spiritually. But if you are becoming content with where you are sometimes that's and you don't want to change it, then that's crazy. You always want to enhance it because it can be better. It can always be better, especially in the earth realm until we get to heaven and things will be perfect so there's no need to do any remodeling but this on this side of heaven there's always room to remodel there's always a reason to enhance something and improve it and and make it better do it differently so it's more efficient so i just wanted to throw that out there because i have a, a long list of stuff <laughs> so i want to talk about your list well, now michael okay well well what we're going to do I'm, I'm glad you made that last statement because word renovate actually means to make sound and fresh again 
So sometimes mm. it just simple as going into somewhere, just giving a fresh coat of paint and uh, taking up the old carpet and replacing it with hardwood, or or going into your mind and taking out that old all that anger that you had against somebody who did you wrong and just get totally getting rid of that. So, so you just have a renovation project in your mind because actually that takes up space in your mind. So now you can replace that with something more positive. Uh, so that's why I like the word renovate, because uh, that's what mm-hmm. the re- word re- renew actually means in, in, in that context in the Bible. It means, it means to renovate your mind. So today we're actually going to start the process of that. And, of course, I told you we're going to start with, uh, we're going to start the process today. And there's three bullet points that I want to make today. Uh, the first one uh, where the first step in the process is definitely to accept the lordship of Jesus. And we're going to get into what that means in a minute. Secondly, we want to realize that you have an active part in the process. That is that's going to be very key to this renovation project. So this this is a do-it-yourself project. <laughs> you're, the one that you, you're going to get it started, but it's, for the part that you know you can't do yourself, then you know that's when... Um, the Holy Spirit has to kick in and get it done for you. And then third, yeah, third and also Discipleship International through the Holy Spirit can help too, Michael. Let's not oh, forget God. that because we want them to know that there is personal one-on-one help. Especially this time of year. I, I really like doing getting your fresh start financially, so that's one of my fortes I like to deal with this time of year. And the third point today is going to be foster a lifestyle of abstinence. I know people don't like to hear that word. Foster a lifestyle of sanctification and foster a lifestyle of holiness. And all those Mm. things have their own, and we're going to give you some scriptural references to all, everything I just named, we're going to give you at least one scriptural reference to it that we can always go back and read it for yourself. So let's get started. So we're starting the process today. And, of course, like I said, we're we're dealing with a, a, we're dealing with Christian principles so to start the process of renewing your mind, the first thing you have to do is to accept the lordship of Jesus. And if you've got your Bibles with you, well, not hope I, you should have your Bibles with you because you know we're going to get into it. We'll look at 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Okay, 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, everybody. So we need to accept the lordship of Jesus. And that simply means that I I need to accept him and his full and rightful place as Lord in our lives. And, of course, we talked about what the word Lord means. It means ruler. It means simply in our 21st century vernacular, it simply means boss. And we always put ourselves in a position to do what the boss Acts of us to do, or inquires, or instructs us to do. So that's what we're going to do: accept the lordship of Jesus. And First Corinthians five and seven simply says, "Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened." He said, "For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrifice for us." So that's the first step that you have to do: is that you have to. Accept his this lordship by simply purging out that old leaven or that old way of thinking. There's always 
new new ways of, of doing something. Uh, you mentioned earlier that someone probably was saying, well, I, I got everything together and I really don't need any help in any regard getting anything done, but there's always room for improvement. There's uh, in, in, in the kingdom, things are always moving. Nothing stands still. Everything is always <laughs> moving. So, so there's always right, room for in spirit, and spirit is energy, which means it's always moving. So definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to purge out or get rid of the old way of thinking that you may be a new lump. So if you want, if you want to hang on to the old way of thinking or the old way of doing things, then guess what? The new can never come. Mm. Oh, so that's that deep, a, and that's in anything. That is is a very broad and true statement because um, you know people always can use it in relationships. If you're especially, I'm not saying married people because if you're married, then you should definitely work on it unless it's abusive because we never condone abuse in any shape, form, or fashion. But if it's something that's not working for you and you're holding on to an old relationship, an old job, an old anything, if it's old and it's not working, then it's blocking the place of something new. Just yes, like um, leaven, you know, because they said just a little leaven spoils the whole lump. So you just want to think about these things. Think about them. Don't make rash and drastic decisions, to, you know, based on some kind of feeling today. Just think it through. So. And Michael's going to, you know, lay that foundation today so that you'll have, um, you'll be better able to make those kind of decisions in your life. So once again, uh, we're we're starting. The, we're actually starting the process today, and the first step is to accept the lordship of Jesus. And one of the foundation scriptures we're dealing with for this particular portion or this particular segment uh, is First Corinthians five and seven. Now we're gonna hang out in uh, Corinthians and go to Second Corinthians five and seventeen, and we're going to show you how to progress on even further. Second Corinthians five and seventeen simply says. Therefore, if, I, I like the word if, it's one, of the, it's one of the smallest, biggest words in the Bible. Therefore, if <laughs> any man be in Christ, he is, not should be, not is going to be, not ought to be, <laughs> but he is a new creature or a new creation, as some of the uh, other versions say. And then I want you to pause right there because there's a colon right there. Sometimes we read yep, and it we sure sometimes, is. I'm looking at and, it. And sometimes we, we overlook punctuation in the uh in the Bible, but punctuation is there for a reason. So if if it's a colon there, that means that it's it's going to further clarify or it's going to tell you what the previous phrase is going to clarify the previous phrase. He said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now how do you become that new creature? Look at the next phrase. Old things are passed away. So that that goes back to the last thing. Like I said, if you don't get rid of the old, then the new can never manifest. Mm-hmm. So you are a new creature in Christ once you accept his lordship. And once you do that, all the old things are passed away. Then now 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 look at the next phrase, which is one of my uh favorite parts of this this verse. And it says, Behold, which means to inspect, it means to look closely. To examine, he said, all things are become new. <laughs> so, therefore, if you are in Christ, you already are 
you're already a new creation. All the old stuff that was on the inside of you has passed away. And it says, behold, now all the new things are now manifest, or you have to constantly make those new things manifest in your life, not going back to that old way of living, not going back to that old way of thinking, not going back to that old way of of doing life, and you know that the results that you got from that old man of life was caused nothing but pain and agony and defeat mm-hmm. and death and any other negative word you can put to it, that old life was significant of that. So we are now walking in the newness that Christ provided through us, through that sacrifice as we, as, as we looked at uh, in First Corinthians 5. So those are the two scriptures for that first point. In starting the process, you have to accept the lordship of Jesus. Secondly, we want to realize that you have an active part in the process. He's done his part. He's made you new. Now it's up to you to keep it new. It's almost like going into that, that new home. You got that brand new fresh home and you got you have new carpet, you have new walls, you have new bathrooms, everything is fresh. Well it's up to you to maintain it, to keep it that way. No one else can do it for you unless you pay someone to come in and do it. But relative to life you can't pay someone to come in and live the life for you. So you can't try that. Right. So realize that you have a very active part in this process. And, of course, we talked about this in previous weeks, found over in Colossians chapter 3. It gives you a whole laundry list of things to do. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to go back and read those. But uh, let's look at Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 3. Let's go one book over to the right. And look at verse number 27. Realize that you have an active part to play in the process. Well, let's, let's look at verse, uh, verse uh, 26. And it says, For ye are all children of God, how? By faith in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 27. It says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So look at that. He said, as many as you have been baptized into Christ, into everything that Christ stands for, it says you have put on him. You have put him on. He did his work. Now it's up to you to do your work. You need to continue to let that light shine in you that he's already put on the inside of you. You have to determine that I'm going to be that salt in the earth. I'm going to be that preserving factor in the earth. I'm, things that are around me are not going to are not going to decay and go bad. The relationships around me are not going to decay and go bad. My finances are not going to decay and go bad. Why? Because I'm now walking in this new way of life. And you have to realize that the way of life that Christ afforded for you is new. It's fresh. So we have to keep it fresh. It doesn't. It doesn't stay fresh by itself, and that's what I was. That's what I was backing up what you said earlier, rather, about thinking that you got it all together. Well, take heed lest you fall. <laughs> exactly, and the beauty because, of what you're, how you're doing this, Michael. I love it. You, you first tell us um, this is what needs to happen. We need to renew our mind. So that we, and then when we renew our mind, we become a new person in Christ. 
Okay, yeah. that's that's what's given to us. And then there's an assignment. There's work to do. We got to do some work because you know you you got to do something. Too. God has done something. Now we got to do something. And then when we do something. And when we do what we're required to do in this whole um, scenario that we're talking about, then the beautiful part comes. Then here comes the promises. And I, I was um, when you were doing the Galatians, I was remembering or looking at Isaiah 43, um, uh-huh. chapter 43, 1 through, I guess, about 4. And, and I love this because this just ties in. This is what you need to do, um, you know, the renewing of your mind and your new creature. And then there's work to do, but then there's a promise because he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba, in your place, as you were um, precious in sight. So, I just thought that was a good place to to be. And then you're going to talk about you already said how now that you know all this stuff is coming, you got to abstain from some things so that these things can come to pass in your life. So, I just want to throw that out there to say that there is uh, if they stay with us in this conversation, it's, it's good. It's a really good conversation to have today. It is. Okay, the next scripture we're going to look at on point number two is which is realizing that you have an active part in the process. Of course, you know, I've given you homework in the past of reading the entire chapter of Colossians chapter three. I mean, it's it's just it I I call it the personal responsibility chapter. That mm. that takes away all I it takes away all of the excuses for why things are not going right in your life. If you if you do all those things that it tells you in that chapter, you, I mean, it's it's impossible for you not to come out fresh and renewed on the other side because it gives you so many things that to do to, to make that process possible. So furthermore, into point number two, as, if, go to Ephesians chapter four. So I'm going to give at least two scriptures for, I guess, for each point. Just finished looking at Galatians 3.27, talking about you have to put on Christ. And then Ephesians 4 and 22, it's going to talk about some stuff that you have to put off. And then put on. Look at, uh, look at, look at verse number 21. Let's start verse number 21. And it says, if, there it goes again, that, look, that, that big small word, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, it says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Who put that off? You have to put that off. You have to put off that old man of living, that old man. And then, then, then it gives you right after gives you the gives you the characteristic of that old man, that which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Look at verse 23, and it says, and be renewed or be renovated in the spirit or the attitude of your mind. So there it goes again. It all begins in the mind. All this process of renewal starts right up there in that noggin, (laughs) as we like to say. It starts (laughs) in your mind. And look at verse 24. It said, and that you put on the new man 
which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then, of course, it goes on to tell you some other things you need to do, but we're going to stop right there. So verse 22 says we need to put off, renew our minds, and then put on the new man. Just like oh, outside. So it didn't say just add it on to stuff already there? Just new covering up the old stuff? Like a- no. <laughs> I always say if you put if you put the living on top of, if you put the dead on top of the living, then the living quickly becomes the dead. Ooh. That's why I couldn't. I, I used to always, and I, and, and I used to always say that, especially back years ago when, when a very dear acquaintance of mine would put false nails on top of her real fingernails, and she wondered why when she took the false nails off, the nail up under it was soft and cracked and brittle. I said, because you put the dead on top of the living. So now the living wants to become the dead. Oh, wow. Because everything uh. that's attached to your body is, is, is living. Everything. Your skin. Your skin is a living organism. The skin is the largest organ on your body. And it's a living organism. It says, so if you have heard him and been taught by him, he said, you now have the ability to put off that old lifestyle, that old manner of thinking, that old manner of living, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. So if you know, if you know that those deceitful lusts are constantly prevalent in your lives, it lets you know that the old man is still there. And you can't put on the new man until you put off the old man. Just like working out in the garden all day, you're hot and sweaty, you know you got a function you got to go to. You're gonna go in. You're gonna you're gonna take off all those hot, dirty, sweaty clothes, and then you're gonna renew yourself by getting in some water and some soap, and you're gonna freshen yourself up and anoint yourself with lotions and oils and perfume and all that, and then you're gonna put on the new, fresh clothes so you can arrive at your new destination smelling <laughs> smelling good and acceptable. <laughs> you're not gonna go in there and on top of all that dirt and sweat. And put on your nice evening, your your after six or your after five attire on top of all that sweaty, dead, stinking clothes that you just did all this work in. All everybody, right. everybody's gonna keep you at arms and nose length. So, <laughs> so make sure. And I'm and I'm trying to give you some some nice practical examples where where you can relate to. So. As I say, the point number two, you have to realize that you have an active part in the process. And then the third point that we want to talk about today is to foster, which means to clean to in the mind. The word foster means to clean to in the mind. So we, you need to foster a lifestyle of abstinence, which is still not a dirty word, sanctification, and holiness. Now let's let's deal with this thing called abstinence because it is is I've I've heard I have heard ministers of the gospel with my own ears and my own eyes say that it is unrealistic to think that anybody in the times in which we are living can truly abstain and that's abstain and they, and I'm guess at the point they were talking about abstain from. Abstain from, I guess, sexual 
things for fornication. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's the same God that was there in the beginning is the same God today. He changes not. So I don't know whether we have some listeners there that are that same mindset. You can truly abstain. Abstain means just don't do it anymore. Um, with that said, go to First Thessalonians 4. I'm counting out the scriptures where we can kind of go in order. First Thessalonians 4. And I got verse 3, but once we get there, we'll find a good starting point. Now, this is Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. Look at verse 2. And it says, For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. So Paul is telling them, You already know the commandments that we've given you concerning what Jesus said, how you should conduct yourself. Look at verse number 3. It says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. So for someone to make the statement that in this day and time you can't abstain from fornication, that's, that's just like saying that you that God's will isn't, no, isn't, isn't any good in the day and time in which we live. Because it said, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. And I know this is not a very popular message today, but it's the truth anyway. Because we're going to let God be true. And for a little rather, I'm going to let you finish that out. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Looks like we have lost Miss Loretta. Loretta, you still there? Hello? The radio is there? Thank you. Hi, we're back with Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. And Michael will chime in as soon as um, he reconnects to. We're having some technical difficulties here, so um, we do apologize. And thank you so much for staying with us. We really appreciate it. Um, so I'm Michael's going to chime in. <laughs> Michael, are you there? I'm here. All right, okay, so we're going to do our continuation of the show and um, just move forward. Uh-huh, see, the devil got mad. I was talking about that abstinence. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew it was coming. He's like, don't tell them. I need to keep them on my side. Said, uh-huh. Don't deliver their minds. 
He said, somebody's going to get delivered. Let me squash this. He said, I thought he's the prince of the power of the arrow. So. But we just yeah. in Jesus' name. And we going forward. As amen, I was saying amen. before, Thank we you, were Father. so rudely interrupted. Interrupted. <laughs> in First Thessalonians 4 and 3, we still asked on 4 and 2 through uh, 3. It says, verse 3 says, for this is the will of God. I'm just going to stop it right there. For this is the will of God. What is the will of God? And it said, even your sanctification. So he even puts it on. He says that the one way you can sanctify yourself is that you should abstain from fornication. So you can say you're sanctified and you commend fornication. All right. All right. And and we as adults know what fornication is. Fornication is any unlawful sex acts or sex outside of marriage. Uh, of course, infidelity. You have adultery. That means there's uh, sex out of the confines of a marriage covenant or within a marriage covenant. And one partner steps outside of that covenant. I mean, they have adulterated the covenant that they made to one another. So that's where the word adultery mm. comes from. And then, of course, we have pornography, which is really a, a thing that's really just so prevalent, but it's really poison to the mind. Because uh, the word fornication is actually the Greek root word in fornication is pornio. Or uh, pornia, sorry, not, not pornio, pornia, which is where we get the English word pornography from. Mm. So, in essence, when you commit for any type of fornication, you are, in essence, practicing pornography. Ooh. Mm. Which is the study of fornication. Wow. And yeah, then, I heard course, something there. The, I did not know that. Kind of things about that. And of course, you have all the things that go along with that incest and bestiality, and and some people don't will probably disagree with me, but masturbation, that's the, you know, that is definitely involved in that as well. So, um, and I have a scripture to support it, so if you want to chime in or call in to challenge that, then we can definitely make that a discussion point. Uh, so the first uh, point number three was foster, which means to clean to in the mind and lifestyle of abstinence, sanctification, and holiness. And of course, we're just dealing with the abstinence segment now. First Thessalonians four and three. Now let's look at First Thessalonians five and twenty-two. Let's just go up another chapter there. Okay. And I'm just going to give you two for right now. And this is another thing he tells us to abstain from, and it's to abstain from all appearance of evil. Or abstain from mm, all forms. The appearance, uh-oh, see, that, that's a whole other conversation, just the appearance Well, that, that, that wow. word, well, 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 that word appearance actually means uh, it can deal with the external or outward appearance, but it also deals with, or it also means of any kind or any form. So evil of, whether, I don't care what form or what kind this evil manifests itself from in, the Bible says that we should abstain from that. And it means, and that's to mean literally or figuratively, the appearance. Uh, and, of course, we know uh-huh. the literal appearance of evil is, you know, doing things, um, that can appear to be evil, and they may not even be evil. I know one example is when I first got saved back in 89. I never forget the Holy Spirit 
putting it upon my heart because I still used to go to the, believe it or not, I used to go to the liquor store to cash my check. But it was right, it was right around the corner from from where I worked. So we, I take mm-hmm. my check and I would go in there and I would cash my check in the liquor store. And I remember going in there one day and think that's the last time I went. And Holy Spirit prompted me. He said, Now what if? Now you've been telling people you got this new found way of living. Now what if they saw you walking up out this liquor store? Mm. He said, so you need to get you a checking account where you can put your check in the bank. And that's what I did. And I've and I've had the same checking account from, from that moment forward. So so it was that prompting too, so there was what there was an appearance of evil, especially with the testimony that I was having at the time. People said, Well, I thought you were so safe. No, why are you why are you going in that why are you constantly going up in that nickel store every week? <laughs> and of course, you no know, drinking within itself is not a sin. Just sin it's just the amount that you consume is what becomes sin. Right. But, we, uh-huh. but 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 everyone, even especially in the culture in the United States, equates drinking with evil. Yeah. You know, no one, nobody wants to think that their pastor or their minister is a drunk. No, nobody wants to think that. Nobody wants to think that. So we need to abstain from all appearances or all forms of evil. That's something that we need to practice as believers. So we need we need to foster that mindset of abstinence. The next one is sanctification. Of course, we just talked about one way to sanctify yourself, uh, yourself. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. And look at Romans 6. Romans chapter okay. 6. Romans chapter 6. And we're going to talk about sanctification. Of course, you know, way back then, we talked about we, there was the regular church and then there was the sanctified church. Well, all churches should be sanctified. And I found that out when I was saying, what do you call the sanctified church? Because <laughs> it was people who... I said, don't all the church folks be sanctified and set apart and holy for God. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, here it is. Now, 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 the word sanctified in its, its simplest forms means to, to, it means to set apart for a particular use. It means to set aside or to set apart for a particular use. So like, I can, I can sanctify money. I can, I can, if I sanctify this money, I've set this money aside for a particular use, and I'm not going to use it for anything else. Well, that money is considered sanctified. Yeah. So, sanctified is, so, so sanctified is not a religious term. It's just a term that's used in the Bible. It has a religious connotation. It means to be set it. apart. It means to be set apart. And, and the word holiness and sanctification are very, very similar in nature, but they're, they're, they're slightly different. But so, so we're going to talk about that. But uh, Romans, okay, uh, Romans 6, 6, verse 19. And this is Paul, once again, speaking to the, uh, in this letter to the Romans. The Romans. Says, I, yes, Romans 6 and 19. Okay. He said, I speak after a man of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. And there that colony is again, so he's going to tell you what the infirmity of their flesh was. He says, for or because as you have yielded your members, talking about the members of your body, service to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity. He said, even so now, 
ye are your members' servants to righteousness unto what? Holiness. He oh, said when he said we, he said when we walked in that old manner of living, he said we yielded our body parts as members of unrighteousness unto iniquity. He said, now that you have this renewed, you are this new creature that he has made you, he said, you now need to submit your members of your body now as members of righteousness or instruments of righteousness unto holiness. See the, see the contrast that he gave there? Mm-hmm. So if you're still using your members as tools or instruments of unrighteousness or uncleanness, then that lets you know that you haven't been renewed in your mind. So I'm, I'm like, I'm giving you some very just simple, practical things that you can look at and inspect your own life right now and say, you know, am I on the path to walking in this state of renewal? Am I on, am I on the path to renovating my mind? And once you renovate the mind concerning the thing, then the thing that you're trying to change is is so easy to manifest. Just like I I decided almost two years ago that, you know, I'm going to, and this was for me personally, in my physical body, I'm going to get back down to my natural weight. My natural weight is somewhere between the 155, 160 range. And that's and most people think that's small, but I have a very small frame. So I I started that journey almost two years ago, and I was 186 pounds once I decided, once I made that in my mind. I determined then in my mind, I renewed my mind at that moment that I'm going to do this, and I did. And today I weigh right at 160, 161. So so over the course of twenty so so over the course of twenty one months I have cons- I've been consistent with this new way of thinking concerning my body and I had to have actions that corresponded to that new way of thinking. I mean I had to change the way I was eating, I had to change the way I was exercising, I had to eliminate certain foods out of my diet, I had to become a student of what I was doing, I had to do research to make sure because and that's just where I'm in I'm a I'm a research whatever I do. So I, I became a student of of that, and at some point I, I'll probably share you know the details of what happened. But I couldn't see that transformation in my body until I renewed my mind. All trans, all trans, all renewal precedes transformation. So just so just think about that equation: renewal precedes. Transformation. Renewing the mind. So once you turn that corner in your mind, and some people, once you have that epiphany, as some people like to say, but once you determine in your heart of hearts, once you determine in your knower, as the old, the ancients used to say, (laughs) once you you know in your knower, Then you can you can start you start that process and and it's and it's literally been a process because I don't want to dump it all at one time because I, I want I want to keep it all I want to do it and make it a slow steady process so it, so it becomes that 
that that new way of living that I was talking about. And not you, just, you wanted to make it a lifestyle change. I mean, a lifestyle. this is who I am. I'm not just doing this temporarily. This is going to exactly. be part of my um, daily routine, part of my DNA of being healthy. So exactly. I like that. And that's on any goal, and we're actually doing a series at church, which is so different um, from any series that I've known since I've been at Hope Presbyterian for the last 10 years. It's called Live Well. So we're talking about, uh, first, like Sunday was talking about setting those smart goals, um, dealing with your body, mind, and spirit. So we're doing a holistic approach um, spiritually that will help us naturally become better and to live well. And living well means uh, we're not talking about in terms of being billionaires or millionaires. We're talking about in, tom- in terms of being healthy, you yeah. know, healthy financially, healthy spiritually, healthy physically, healthy socially, healthy yeah. mentally. And so you can't do that. And and this is this is so apropos in our study today or this whole series of renewing your mind because when you you got to make that change in all those areas. When you make the change in your mind, that helps your body become better. It helps your spirit become better. It helps your soul become better because we're it all does. tied. It, that's all inclusive. It's so inclusive. So that's why it's so important to make these right decisions and to have this biblical um, foundation so that you can have all these things and sink at the same time becoming more healthy. And and always remember, whatever your mind determined it wants to do, guess what? Your body has to follow. Your exactly. your, your finances, your your finances have to follow. Your 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 exercise routine has to follow. Your your environment to get things cleaned up has to follow. Getting rid of those bad relationships that are toxic to you. They have to follow. Once you make up your mind, everything has to follow the mind. So that's why I was saying, you know, renewal renewal always precedes transformation. So make sure that you put yourself in a position that I'm going to to renovate my mind in 2013 if I want to see true lasting change in all affairs of life. Exactly, and and that old saying that they say, my body has a mind of its own. No, it doesn't. You have one mind and one body, (laughs) and your mind, your brain sends the signals to your body. It tells your hand to move. It tells your mouth to speak. It tells your ears to listen. It it happens in your mind, in your brain, (laughs) and your consciousness and your subconsciousness working together to make these uh, movements. And I'm glad that that's a good point because all your body can do is cru- is is lust, crave, and desire. That's all your body can do, and it does so yep. out of habit. So your so so once your body is 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 lusting or craving the taste of nicotine, it's because that's what it was accustomed to getting, and now it's not getting it anymore. So it's it's going to it's going to your body's not going to fight you because your body's a creature of habit. And your body is always looking to insist upon its own way. But guess what? Your body doesn't have a way. Your body couldn't even your body couldn't exist one second without your mind telling it to exist. 
That's right, because your mind can shut it all down. That's why I tell people when you feel depressed or you're feeling out of whack, be careful with being there so long. Be careful and not um, whether you got to seek professional help or whether it's just sending positive messages and and remembering scripture to help you get out of that that place of being depressed, that place of uh, melancholy, that place of sadness. Don't dwell there because if you do, then all those negative messages can truly, truly shut everything down. And you'll start having suicidal thoughts. You'll start having, you know, just hopelessness. It all, again, begins in your mind. So be careful with that. There, There is help. You don't have to stay there. And I know there's clinical depression and all, and that's all that where you really do have to get professional help because it's like your body is sick, your mind can get, your soul can get sick, your mind can get sick. But there, it doesn't have to stay that way. There is help. There is always help in home. Oh, there, and and of course, as as, as being a with discipleship in, international being a resource ministry, I we know we have the resources where we can refer you to to you know people who are competent in their fields concerning what Loretta's just talking about. You know, it's it's unfortunate. You know, in the African American community, which I'm a member of, it's just one of those taboo subjects. Um, mental yeah. health. But but if if your mind is healthy, as I said, everything has to follow. If your if your mind is unhealthy, guess what? Everything else around you is going to begin to crumble, slowly crumble. So so yes. don't be afraid to seek out help. You can you can give us a, you can give me a call, and I can refer you to someone I know, a couple of people, professionals who are professionals in their in in that industry, who are very very good at what they do. So, yeah, uh, and even so, with what so, Michael does with DI, with Disciple International, it's all very confidential. So he, he walks with you. and I mean, he becomes like a, a counselor to you, if you want to use that word. But he's really, you know, he's a coach. He wants to coach you through it financially, spiritually, physically, mentally. And he has done these things. He has researched. He's become a student. So he can pass that information on. And, it, and he does have a high success rate. I have worked with him, <laughs> and I know he knows what he's doing. So we just want you to know that there's help. You don't have to stay in the shape that you're in, you know, whether that's good or uh, indifferent or bad. There is help. We want you to reach out. But you have to make the phone call. You have to send the email because we can't supernaturally find you. Only God can do that. He supernaturally finds you where you are, but he is such a gentleman, and he used the Holy Spirit to do that. Just call out and ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to guide and, you. Ask know, him to protect your mind. And like I said, we, we, I'm probably going to touch on this probably a little bit later once we finish this series on renewing the mind, talking about some of these mental health issues. Because something's always been uh, I don't want to want to talk about uh, openly. Uh, I've never experienced them in person, but I, I know several people just off the top of my head that have been through. Things like this, but they are, you know, they're walking in victory today because of um, seeking the proper counsel that we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, so, and so, I see so, it. So, you know, so, when so, I was so, dealing with grief so real, and I was real. mourning the loss of my dad and my son four months back, uh, you know, uh, apart, that that took me there. It took me there mentally and spiritually. So, um, you know, you have to, and I didn't necessarily have to get. I didn't go to professional help. I went a couple of times, but it was I just did the hard work. I did the hard work. I, I just I just aggressively searched for God and for answers spiritually because that helped me yeah. mentally 
to um, get past that because it could have easily taken me there. It could have easily gone over to that point where I was, you know, clinically depressed and and needed some um, medicine and all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong. So just just know that there is help and there's nothing wrong with getting help. So we probably need to do a show dedicated to that one day and probably have an actually have a. Uh, one of those mental health professionals that I was referring to on the show. Oh, we definitely. We'll definitely make that happen, yeah, so we can have these conversations. Oh, we and we'll start talking about it and announcing so that uh, if you or somebody you know is experiencing some mental health issues or depression or just sadness that, you know, just can't seem to shake it, then, you know, we want to make sure that we give you a place to land to to give you some support. So, uh, wow, so I'm I'm, I'm glad we took that. I'm glad we took that those we took that exit. Remember the the main highway gets yeah. to the destination, but the but the exits and the side roads meet needs. So we hopefully we've met someone's need uh, when we just took that side road from what we were doing. But um, to get back to what we the, the last point on today, uh, of point number three was fostering a lifestyle of abstinence, sanctification, and holiness. And, of course, we just talked about sanctification. Well, let's deal with holiness. And, of course, we're not talking about external holiness, you know, um, you know, you know the, the the length of your garment or you're not wearing makeup and, and all those things are just what I would call, you should wear, external holiness. But the Bible emphatically tells us in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that we should be holy, not just live holy or mm-hmm. look holy, but the Bible said we should be holy. So let's mm-hmm. let's, let's look at what holiness, and that's what that's one of the uh, one of the cornerstones of the ministry that I'm a part of, which is Breath Life Christian Center. And one of our marching orders is, you know, bringing back the bell of holiness. Uh, so with this said, go to First Peter. Let's look at First Peter, and that'll probably be it on today. I don't want to give you too much information. That's say TMI. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to overwhelm you where you feel like you can't you can't do this because you can. And like oh, anything, oh, you can take it in you know small quantities until you can you know take in more. So, so we going to First Peter. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 14. Verse 14 through 16. Wow, I mean, this is a really good one. And it says, (laughs) As as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the form of lust in your ignorance, he said, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The conversation doesn't mean talking. It means your lifestyle, your conduct, how you behave mm. yourself. Look at verse 16, and it's quoting the Old Testament reference here. Because it is written, be ye holy. Why? For well, I am holy. So that's why God can put the requirement on us to be holy. Why? Because he's, he's holy. And the word holy It it um it, it simply means it, 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 it can mean consecrated, but it in its purest sense it can mean sacred, it can mean physically pure, morally blameless or religious ceremonially. 
No, I take that back. I read that wrong. It can mean physically you're pure, morally you're blameless or religious, or ceremonially you're consecrated. So, mm. so those are the so, so those are the three connotations holiness can take on this. And I'm gonna say it again. Physically, it means you 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 are to be pure. Morally, it means you're blameless or religious. Or ceremonially, that means the thing that you do as as a part of something a ritual. I mean, that's consecrated. Just like now, you know, our, our with our church, we're we're consecrating this whole week. So we so we're in a moment of, of consecrating. I mean, we're we're setting aside this time, this this first full week of the uh, new year, and we're consecrating ourselves to hear from God to get direction for the upcoming year. And it's something that, that we've always. That we've always done, and it's that's a really good uh, practice that that we've engaged in, and I, I look forward to it every year. Because I my mind is so clear during this time, because I'm focused on that. Like as I said when I wrote my list, I was so focused on those things that needed to be changed, and you know, God was bringing bringing to my remembrance some things that should be changed, and not just things I wanted, but he, but He intervened by way of the Holy Spirit. And so, okay, well, you you need to change. You you need to think about this, but I I, I want you to change this, and that's what I wrote on my list. Mm. So, once again, we're starting the process, and we're giving you three steps. Number one, accept the lordship of Jesus. That's first things first. Number two, we're realizing that we have an active part in the process, and Step number three in starting is foster a lifestyle of abstinence, sanctification, and holiness. And that's all we're going to put on you by way of information on today from uh, this thing concerning renewing your mind. But I just want to encourage everyone to endeavor, you know, just decide, make that crossover in your mind, make that decision, make that decision, not based on emotion, but make that quality decision based on conviction that I'm going to change certain things in my life this year. I'm going to have some renovation projects that I'm going to complete. And if I only get a chance to even get up and testify in front of the church about it, I'm going to testify to someone about the change that God has made in my life this year. Amen. I hope we all have, you know, a testimony um, to share, whether in our circle or on a big, um, a bigger scheme of things. So, Michael, so what we said that we accept um, um, God's lordship over us. How does that look? That that simply means, and I'm asking the question, and answering it too. I want you to answer it. Okay, let's let's tell them how that looks or how it should look. Um, those three points that we talked about today. How can you do some some personal um, testimony, well, whether yours or somebody else's, of well, how well, those three yes, points look? Yes, uh, as I said before, when we call someone Lord, that means that I'm putting myself in a a position to receive instruction, correction, uh, guidance, you know, whatever it takes, you know, for this person you know, for this person to be able, and and in 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 the United States, the word Lord is not is not a common term, but in the United States, we're we're used to saying boss. Uh-huh. I mean, that's 
Master. Um, yeah, we can relate to master, that. Master, of course, you know, well, most people, you know, most people don't like the word master. Uh, yeah. But is but 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 they're all in authority over us. Them for it. They 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 have authority over us, and not just have authority over us. Someone is your Lord when you willingly submit yourself to their lordship. So they're not coming in and usurping lordship, but they are looking for you to submit yourself to their, to the leading, to their guidance, to their direction, to their correction. Um, and that's why Jesus made, made the statement, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I say? So he, he made it plain <laughs> himself with his own words. Don't call me Lord if you're not going to do what I ask you to do. Exactly, because we we sometimes just want the we want the benefits of that relationship and never ever yeah. the correction. So that that I think is why that question um, was asked. You know, why do you call me Lord if you know all you want are my benefits? You don't want me to correct you. You don't want me to guide you. You exactly. don't want me to um, convict. You convict you when you do wrong. You just want the benefits. And that's not a relationship. That's not what we're we're saying. You haven't fully accepted because you have to accept all of it, the whole totality of what that relation is and what it means and what it looks like. Okay, so that's the first one when you accept God, um, his correction and his blessings, not just, you know, the blessings of the Lord. Exactly. Because um, we told you earlier, he reigns on the just and the unjust. But when you really love him, then you want to please him and you want to do all those things that you know to be um, holy and righteous and, sanctif- and sanctified. So that's the first point. That how, that's how that looks and how it feels. So the second point that you talked about, Michael, and how does that look, how should that look? That looks like then that's realized that you have an active part in the process. And I like to say, mm-hmm. you know, God does the super and you do the natural, and that's when you see supernatural results. Uh, mm-hmm. God can't do the natural and you can't do the super. So so, so that's why, you know, he makes a statement in the word that, 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 that I'm in you and you're in me. You're, we're, we're all in this thing together to get a certain um, task accomplished, a certain purpose accomplished while we're here for this very very short time very short time in his eyes here in the earth. So we have to realize that we have an active part in the process. I hear people praying all the time, telling God to do this, Lord take this away from me and Lord take this away from me. Lord help me Lord stop help me to uh not help me to stop doing it but but, Lord, uh, take this person away from me, or, Lord, take this drink away from me. No. You have to do that. You have to abstain. You have to set yourself apart. You have to determine that you're going to live holy. Why? Because he's giving you someone on the inside of you. He gave him. He gave you a piece of himself to assist you in the process. He gave you his Holy Spirit. To help you attain. He's already done that. He doesn't have to continue to keep doing that. He's going to do it one time. He's giving you the Holy Spirit. He's already done it. Yeah. By the Spirit, which which is given unto us. So he's already given unto us. He's that paraclete. He's been called alongside uh, to guide us in every affair of life. And then, of course, point number three is foster a mindset or a lifestyle of abstinence, sanctification, and holiness. And, of course, we talked about each one of those three in detail. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, just start where you are. You know, take one of those points and just, as we said before when we started this whole thing back over a couple of months ago, you know, am I truly born again? You you need to really ask yourself, have I really accepted Jesus as the Lord of my life? Have I, have I really positioned myself to be his servant? Like that's what it means when I accept his lordship. I, right. I, I, I automatically say I'm serving. So, so, so All right, well, we have, we have given them um, a lot to think about today, <laughs> a lot to think about. Uh, we've given you some um, homework assignments, so to speak, that is a homework assignment that, that is lifelong here on this earth, that these are the things that um, you, you do when you, when you accept Lord, his lordship over you and you want to please him. And we thank you all so much for staying with us through the um, technical glitches and, and all that was going on through the show. But I know if you just marinate on what has been said today, that it will help you. And, and when you do one, it has like a domino effect sometimes. When you accept him as Lord and Savior, fully accept him. And then you, you want to abstain from those things. And you want to do the work because you want the fruit of pleasing him and you want these um supernatural things that happen in your life. So I think that was yeah. a great place for us to kind of, um, you know, bring it all together that we've been talking about for over the last hour. And remember, um, Discipleship International is a program, is an organization um, that can help you one-on-one with all that we've discussed on the Red McNary Live Presents um, Tuesdays with Michael so make sure you reach out to Michael um, and, you know, take the course, take the plunge, take the challenge. Use yeah. him as a resource to, to help you with these things one-on-one. And, you know, we've given out his um, his glory app at yahoo.com, AOL.com is his email mm-hmm. address. And he's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. So you, there's no excuse. You don't have to do this thing alone. You can uh, find me on Facebook, Loretta McNary Show, Loretta McNary um, 2, and we can do this thing together because we're called to help bring each other up. And and so Michael has taken on um, a huge calling on his life on um, helping you become all that you can be. He's to make disciples of all nations. He understands that commission, and he takes it seriously. So I want to make sure you reach out. We're inviting you. We're asking you to, to contact him, to reach out. Uh, and if not to him, you know, do the study on your on your own, you know. But why do it on your own when you can have somebody walk with you? Okay, Mike, any closing remarks before I close out the show? Until next week. Oh, that is it. I have I have said that all I need to say on today. You I poured just it all that, out that was in there today, right? That was for today. Okay, good. I so just, I just ask that everyone just 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 give heed, you know, to the things that you receive on today. Because if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward, and we talked about that. Um, so. So just be blessed until the next time we hear and just live it. <laughs> just love live it. it out and live it out loud, man. Be bold live about it, it yeah. too. Because <laughs> you you got to be different. In order to be different, you got to do some things different. And in order to do some things different, you need to know some different things. And in order to know some different things, you need to study. So it all goes back to study and applying and applic- you know an application of what has been taught here. And we're here with you. We're here for you. Um, That's so. Right. 
after having said all of that, <laughs> we thank you all so much for listening either live to the show or in our archives. And know that the show is archived. You can listen 24-7 as often as you like to any of the um, ser- the series that we've already done. Looking forward to next Tuesday, to talking to you, sharing with you, um, and equipping you so that you can be a better person in 2013. All right, everybody, as always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Last.